Maybe that's a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you going to spring us? I have no idea. There are many mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. <clears throat> My destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Ah! Oh, God, is this really happening? This is gonna take Cracker Jack timing, Wang. One, two, three. may be trapped. Total concentration. Safety. Huh, yeah. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Way to go, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's all in the reflexes.
Yes, I will have fries with that. Are you threatening me? My bunghole will ask the questions. Why do I not use pee for my pee pee? You will beloved my bunghole. For I am the great cornholio. I need pee for my bunghole. I'm in. Well, now I really believe this. Well, you better go now, Dave. Before the clowns take over, huh? And when you get back from saving the world, I want a full written report so I can give it to the chief when he gets back on Monday. <laughs> Has anybody ever told you you have a serious impulse control problem? Out of sheer morbid curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. <laughs> One. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Inside Movies Galore. I am uh, 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 your uh, your uh, host for the evening, and we are going to uh, continue our martial arts mayhem as we delve into uh, to, uh, not-too-distant past, where we, uh, where we are in 1986 with John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China, starring Kurt Russell, Kim Cattrall, Dennis Dunn, and James Bong. Um, and uh, basically, the film tells the story of a trucker and his um, Chinese friend um, uh, by, uh, by the name of Wang Shi. Um, as they end up having to go Rescue this truck, <laughs> basically. Um, but um, ultimately, and it, it ends up uh, dealing with an ancient Chi uh, Chinese curse and a green-eyed uh, 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 couple of ladies. And uh, let's um, go and delve into our first impressions here. So um, I'm going to start. With oh let's uh, let's say you forced. Um, uh, what were your first impressions of this film? Okay, so I saw first saw this movie when I was thir I want to say thirteen. Uh, John Car and I will straight say right now, John Carpenter is my favorite uh, filmmaker of all time. Uh, this is probably one of my top. This is probably one of my top five movies. Uh, for, this is I would probably put I would no I would definitely would put this among my top five movies from him. Uh, and I just like you know what the you know what the 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 it's a fun, it's fun it's fun it's action packed it's funny. Um, I I I also, um, I love the the music the music both the main you know the score and also the theme at the end by that was actually sung by Carp by Carpenter himself. Mm -hmm. uh, all, and uh, all the you know all the quips from from Kurt Russell. Actually, mm -hmm. I did, one thing I did find interesting that um, I, I didn't pick up I didn't pick up on this as a, as as a teenager until until I was a little older, or the, the fact that uh, even though Kurt Russell has top billing and uh, Jack Burton is supposed to is you know he he seems like he's the the the, the main protagonist of the movie, but it's really uh, it's re but it's if you, the more I think about it, the more I realize that uh, Wayne Chi is the, the true hero of the movie. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He's the one doing all the act. He's the one who, like you know, he you know he's the one who has to get the girl. He has to get the girl, uh, and and <clears throat> does all the does most of the ass kicking. Um. <laughs> well, yeah. As 
as uh, as the film pro uh, progresses, you realize that Kurt Russell is kind of just there to flex his muscles. Yeah, comic relief. That's that's what I find kind of character of uh, what's it, Jeff Bridges in the Big Lebowski is like, yeah. and then he's just caught up in this crazy situation. Yeah. Trying to wear well, a comfortable actually, sweater, I, I and found that he really just fucking ends up like involved in Chinese yeah. black magic and a bunch yeah. of bullshit. You know, <laughs> <All> <laughs> I found that season. really. Ref I found that really refreshing because yeah, he yeah. has well, he has all of the trappings of um, the okay. So just to back up a bit, so he has all the trappings of the classical Western hero, specifically of the John Wayne variety, because a He's basically doing a John Wayne impression, uh, number one. Number two, John Carpenter, when he was starting out, like, that was his big dream was to make westerns. And, you know, at that time, that would have been late 70s or whatever that, you know, that just wasn't a happening thing anymore. Um, but what he was able to do with his films from, like, um, thinking, like, The Thing, uh, this one, They Live, you know, a lot of his films... Yeah, a lot of his films, they have a very uh, Western archetype uh, in their storytelling, and especially here, where you do have someone who had John Wayne been of that you know same age and everything, totally would have played that role, except that here, you also have the fact that that person, so he's in that same role, and yet he's just kind of, he's got way in over his head, you know, and doesn't really have any business being there, you know, but it's, uh, he's like, well, okay, I guess I'm here now, you know, yeah, and so it's, it's a lot like... Of fun. It's a lot of, you know, stranger yeah. in a strange land, like, swept away on a crazy journey type crap. It uh, is. You were saying for us. Oh, um... I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I don't know if I had anything else, well, I will say also, actually, oh, also David Hong, uh, as... As as Low Pan, another 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 highlight of the movie. I mean, mm -hmm. Dave, he, uh, he's always. I mean, he's always. Dave Hong's always great to walk. Great to walk. He's one Indeed, James. <laughs> and also, yep. And also Victor. Also Victor Wong as Egg Shen, another yeah. another great another great character actor who gets to sh who really who gets to shine here. Mm -hmm. Between this and Walter, I mean, he was burned into all of our childhoods. I think. Well, I kind of missed him uh, because I didn't see these. Going, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I do want to mention this is our second visit with Victor Wong on this channel because he apparently also starred in Tremors. Yep. Which, was, <laughs> which uh, going over to Dustin. Uh, yeah. yeah. Welcome back to the show. Um, and uh, what was your first impression of, uh, of Big Trouble in Little China? Oh. I, get, I think we just lost him. Did we? Oh. Well, um, well next. Okay, uh, let's go over to you, Brandon, for a moment. Uh, what were your first right. impressions? So, this one is one I watched from a very young age. And as a kid, this thing went beyond your average... Uh, martial arts flick because it had really cool effects and a guy that blew himself up. It had like yep. a lightning guy. It was just like really awesome martial arts. Actually, it's it's the perfect movie for the title Martial Arts Mayhem 
because it <laughs> was. And to me, it was just such a neat thing. Even today, this type of thing fascinates me. And going down to the different levels, the hidden doors, yes. the secret rooms, the all of this is great, the, the, the set pieces. <laughs> and today, it's, it's, even more, uh, it's even more impressive to me. Because I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, like, way back then, it, even today, by today's standards, I would even say that this movie can hold up very well. And age is like a fine line, really yeah. does. I mean, uh, he, it was touched on by Dane and Forrest before, but reality is the white guy is not the main character in this. He's the comic relief. And I think that was actually intentional to put him in the kind of comic relief that the minority character would be in uh, under normal circumstances. Because, as you said, the guy, the, the, the Asian guy that the story is about, it's, he's the star. Yeah, well, and yeah, it's like to clean woke and take a poke at this movie for a minute there, but I think when they really started looking at it, it's like, yeah, there's maybe some language that's problematic in it nowadays. Oh, yeah, in reality, it's definitely got a lot more going for it in the other direction. But also, you know, he's somebody that he's not, um, he's not incapable as a character because obviously he helps to save the day and everything, but. He's far from the kind of classical mold of the uh, 80s protagonist. He looks like that, and you can see that he's initially set up in that role, but also at the same time, like, he is way in over his head and hasn't really the slightest clue of what's going on or why, and, you know, it's just so far out of his wheelhouse you know, that, you know, he's just doing the best that he can, but also, um, you know, it's it's not for uh, lack of trying either, you know, so it's like, it, it's that balance just right, uh, mm -hmm. to where he's not, he's not necessarily a, like, he is a comic relief character, he's not necessarily a joke character, per se, <clears throat> you know, but mm -hmm. he's, um, He's someone that, like, you could believe why he's sort of like, what the fuck am I doing here, you know, throughout the whole movie. Right. He's a, yeah, I shouldn't say necessarily joke character, but he is more of the sidekick character. Yeah. Uh, While in the guise of being the lead, which is what's yeah, so clever right. about it. So, it's, yeah. It's more, it makes it so different from other films at the time, who would have easily thrown... Right. Uh, just right there would have all been about the main lead, and the other guys would be there to be as like uh, window dressing. His and his wingman, his his uh, yeah. So, so all right. So, so where so where are we on the first impressions rotation? Uh, uh, so we got we got into a character discussion there. <laughs> can anybody hear me? Yeah, we, yeah, we can. Oh, there you are. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've been trying to talk this whole time. Like, well, we're hear you now. I heard him a couple of t uh, times, but the boys were talking. <laughs> okay. But um, uh, go ahead with your first impressions, Dustin. Well, I first saw this... Uh, oh, I'm not exactly sure when. Uh, I think I saw it when I was getting into horror in 2012. And it was like, oh, John Carpenter movie. This is probably horror, right? And I didn't, <laughs> to, I didn't know what to make of it at the time. 
Uh, and then I saw it again recently, and it's like, oh, this is just like a big bombastic action movie. Okay. And it's it's kind of got its own genre, like because there's a lot going on that you don't have in your standard action movie. Like, it's got magic and monsters and all kinds of craziness. Uh, but I enjoy it. I enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. So this is a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, myself, uh, I, I know I myself, uh, uh, I, I know I saw this, like, years ago, uh, ago and uh, I actually haven't seen it that many t- uh, times in its full exterity. So uh, to, me, uh, to me, watching some of these parts, we're watching uh, 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 some of them for, like, the first time. And yes. I, I enjoy this uh, 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 movie to an extent. Uh, uh, to, uh, to an extent, I mean, uh, when, once you realize that uh, that every single time—well, uh, uh, not every single time—I uh, time, wouldn't say that—but uh, almost every single t- uh, time that uh, that Kurt Russell gets a chance to uh, to pull out a knife or pull out a, gu- a gun, either uh, he either shoots the ceiling and some uh, and hits himself. <laughs> Or he ends up trying to be part of the fight and gets a knife stuck in his chest. So um, he is—he's uh, very—he's a very clumsy hero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to to an extent where you could almost like film the film without him. So <laughs> he's a mascot character. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's muscles, basically. That's what I what I feel, especially but. The thing about him is that uh, a lot of his lines are very quotable, and uh, I, I love that aspect about this, and uh, the fact that he's trying to do a John Wayne impression every time, hey, little lady, you know. That whole part where at the beginning where he's, like, talking on his radio and eating a sandwich is, like, still one of my favorite parts of the movie, because it's just him getting into character, you know, just enjoying it. And he speaks about himself in the third person, which is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just that just tells you how he sees himself relative yep. to what his actual ability is at first, mm-hmm. and then what he has to ultimately do to be worthy of his kind of vaunted sense of himself. Uh, he, I mean, I think he knows that he's got it in him to kick ass, you know. But you know, well, I'm sure we'll get to all that when we really so, break down the character. Which- uh, it's kind of like the the dude is uh, is a shock jock radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like his persona. You know, well, like some of his behavior when he's actually dealing with shit is pretty telling to the fact that he's like clearly clueless. You know, right? Uh, what was your first impression? Oh well, dude, this is one that I think I saw it right around the same age as Forrest. Actually, we seem to have like. We're definitely from similar generation. You're only a year older than I am, so a lot of these movies that are, you know, like super influential on on our generation of people, all of ours, really. Most of you guys aren't that much older than us, so same kind of movies. Uh, But me and him seem to have seen them at a similar age, you know. Uh, I think I was like 12 when I saw this movie for the first time, and it immediately kicked ass. Yeah, uh, and then later, like when I, the copy that I watched to do this, dude, when I was like a senior in high school, somebody mm-hmm. told me they had a Walmart for five bucks, and I went and woke my neighbor at the time who I was cool with up in like the middle of the night. I was all drunk and shit, 
I went over there and like woke him up and convinced him to take me to Walmart and buy me like let me buy Big Trouble in Little China and get him like Jack in the Box tacos and shit. I think I got the so, media play. Yeah. When you find out fucking Big Trouble in Little China is five dollars, so you go buy it immediately. Even if you have to wake Walmart the neighbor up. Walmart for five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I still got it. Hey, uh, uh, this movie is basically what happens when an NES game is made into a live-action movie, <laughs> when you really think about it. I mean, even down to Jack Burton's clumsiness, that's us playing the game as that <laughs> fucking dude with the, the white beater white on it, well, whatever, you know? It's <laughs> kind of like it, if you t- uh, took John Wayne and put him in The Last Crusade. and uh, and uh, It's a fucking Nintendo game, dude. Like, the whole plot of it is a Nintendo game. Like, random truck driver interacts with kung fu magicians yeah. and shit. And yeah. then, you know, you got the, the whole him being a hero. A, you got the soundtrack, which sounds like a Nintendo game, if you were to put did it in. they have an NES game for this? Because they have an NES game for everything. I'm seeing here that there was a computer game released for Commodore 64, ZX Spectrum, and, and Amstrad CPC. <laughs> oh, okay, very well, maybe. As far as, <laughs> like, licensed Nintendo game, no. We never got that. But Hack and Sack Dave from the fucking great Pacific Northwest has one available that he basically made on his website. Oh, so if you have, like, an EverDrive, you could play that on your NES, or you could put on your NES Classic or whatever, so you guys like I, that kind of shit. I still, have an any, I, still have a, I still have an NES, so... Yeah, if I remember right, his Big Trouble in Little China game is, like, free on his website, so just packandsackdave.com. You can play the, the NES. <laughs> Good times. Well, you've got but the, it's uh, that much got of a e- thing, dude. Like, it is just an NES game, so <laughs> somebody made it into a game, finally, because it right. needed it, you know? You like, totally you got, the- you've totally got me thinking about scenes from this movie, and then you cut to James Rolfe at the NES controller going, what the fuck? What were they thinking? You know, with, with like the, all the random enemies and stuff. Like the under, under upside down spinners is the wa- Mario water level of the game when you're right. of the movie, excuse me, yep. when you really think about it. Like it plays like a game when you watch the movie. All the, all the levels. Yeah. Well, even just randomly driving your big rig into a narrow alley and then you have to stop while all these people are having a war in front yeah. of you. Uh, that that feels like a uh, something out of an eighties video game. It does. <laughs> like like uh, I'm thinking of like uh, something like as as a, like bad dudes or something like right. that. Yeah. Well, and when you say well, I think that might be one of the games he used as a resource to do the Pack and Sack Dave to do the the Big Trouble game, but uh, like even his outfit when you think about it. Or, like, the scene where he upgrades to the submachine gun. Like, the, there's so many things oh, about yeah. it. Because every time that he ends up with more clothes, he ends up stripped back down to, like, that basic <laughs> outfit of the jeans and the boots and, and the tank top, you know? Well, like, he's an NES sprite or something. Before we get into main plot points, let's finish the first impressions. Right. Well, that's, that's, so. total, that's totally... Uh, 80s action movie logic the less clothing you have and the bigger gun that you have the more invincible you are <laughs> why don't you tell us your first impressions of this film so gonna... oh dang. who'd you say yeah who did you say okay. <laughs> dang okay um 
So yeah, I would have seen this back uh, maybe a few years ago. And um, it was at the behest of a cousin of mine who was like, you should see this, you'd like it. And, you know, um, I honestly was confusing it at the time with uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo, you know, because it was, mm -hmm. you know, similar number of syllables, you know, little city, you know, this and that. You know, so that was sort of where my brain was at. And I was confusing it. And I haven't even seen Showdown in Little Tokyo, but I there's the, the line that I know is, just in case we get killed, I want you to know, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the line that I know. And so I was confusing it. I was like, when do we get to that scene? How the fuck do we get to that scene? And we didn't. And uh, he, he was like, what are you talking about? And so I go into it expecting to see that, and I don't uh, at all, But and I, nor do I know what to expect from the movie anyway. Uh, I have no damn idea what I'm going to get. And um, so not knowing it at all, uh, going into it totally blind, I was very impressed with the originality of the plot. And then as the plot got going and more and more stuff began to happen, it dawned on me. I was like, this is Mortal Kombat before Mortal Kombat. And uh, I do believe I'm right on that because a lot of uh, what would later go on to become Mortal Kombat did come from this movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, I'm sure some of it, yeah. Well, General Pratt is like... I mean, Raiden is way different, too. yeah. Raiden has clearly modeled on the three storms, and supposedly oh, yeah. Shang Tsung is a direct ripoff. Shang Tsung, yeah, I exactly. mean, he might be, but you know where these dudes fucking come from is 100% lone wolf and cub, baby card at the river sticks. <laughs> also spliced into Shogun Assassin. If you guys watch that, which you will eventually, Jake, seeing as how you just got the set, you'll see yeah. that these guys are 100% down to the somersault flips. Everything else, those dudes from that movie, which happened back in, like, 1976 or something like that. Right. So, uh, definitely not an original concept, but, you know, but that speaks to Big Trouble's whole thing yes. of not spoofing Asian culture, right. like triggered people want to say, but just spoofing Asian entertainment. You well, know what I mean? Or paying homage to. Yeah. I kind of feel like it was bringing... It was bringing exactly. I feel like given that this was the golden age of summer of summer blockbusters, it was taking kung fu, you know, taking marsh, taking kung fu flicks, and and applying that uh, that block that blockbuster sensibility. Mm -hmm. Yes, that summer blockbuster sensibility to it. Well, and I think this was my choice for uh, uh, martial arts man because, um, and I kind of wondered about it because, um, well, it, in this again. It, ties into my uh, impressions, which is that what put it over the edge for me was the fact that it did, I could see so many ties to Mortal Kombat in terms of the imagery, the feel of it, all that kind of stuff. Now, it's not a t tournament fighter or anything, which we've already covered that in Bloodsport and things like that. Um, so, And obviously, Enter the Dragon being the prototypical example of that. So it doesn't covered off in that form but it does in the sense of uh some of the supernatural aspects and the just visual design and that kind of stuff and also like you know just it, it, it there are too many similarities to not make the comparison and thus um 
that was what kind of put it over the top for me because I'm like, well, this is like a, otherwise it's like fantasy, comedy, action, martial arts, kind of hodgepodge, which it definitely is. That's what I love about it. Uh, but I was sort of like, well, is this martial arts enough to count? But then the Mortal Kombat connection kind of helps too. So that sounds like a band. That sounds like a band, doesn't it? The Mortal yeah. Kombat and the connection. Fact that, it, that would be an awesome band name, but the fact that it goes forward <laughs> too, from like Lone Wolf and Cub to Big Trouble in Little China to Mortal Kombat yeah, is yeah. pretty neat. So There's a clear lineage there. So, But that that was why I was like, yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> the Raiden thing was going to come up though, because I have so many friends, and they're like, "Oh, it's Raiden! They're Raidens!" And it's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> they're those dudes from Shogun Assassin or Lone Wolf and Cub too, whichever you prefer. <laughs> right. uh, going over to Jake, um, uh, what were your first impressions of this film? Well, uh, this is actually um, the fourth one that we've talked about in the last two days that I've seen for the first time this week. <laughs> well, you expanded your horizons. Yes, quite a bit. And actually, it's interesting that this came out the same year as one of those two Jason movies. So we've actually doubled our listing of 1986 films that we've covered on these various channels. Uh, <laughs> as far as I can tell, we're noticing that. It's yeah. Awesome. But um, I. <clears throat> This is one that I have known about for many years. It is a film whose name and to a degree reputation precedes it. Uh, in fact, one of the films that we had up in the mix for this month that I was mildly disappointed that we didn't cover is probably the film that uh, or the series that gave Brandon the phrase, I'm sure, Martial Arts Mayhem. Uh, <laughs> I think it was the uh, An Amazing had put up Around Mo and Half, the first movie, uh, and that the American title was Big Trouble in Nick and Run China. And I know they were directly playing off of this title with that one. And it's not the only one. I know other movies have. This title has been referenced many 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 times so i knew it by name and reputation i knew kurt russell was involved i had not quite realized it was a john carpenter film um and i really didn't know fully what to expect it, it, it's not quite what i really thought it was going to be um my first impression is that it was a very entertaining movie. Uh -huh. um, kind of like Sword of the Stranger. Uh, watch our other review this week. Uh, I was put off by one of the main characters. I'll be honest, I did not entirely care for uh, Russell's character. Uh, Jack was... I don't know, maybe, maybe he was too John Wayne-ish. I don't know. I've never been a big John Wayne fan. Um, he just came across as an arrogant American. Uh, but he became more with the video game. I was going to say, he became more, well, if you look at it that way, <laughs> he did become more likable as the movie went on. Um, like I said, that, that sort of bumbling kind of the fact that they kept undercutting him. You know, when he fired the gun and knocked himself out, that was pretty hilarious. 
I was going to say, like, I think that's kind of the whole point of right. setting himself up that way, is that right. you're, you're making it such that this is somebody who really sees himself in that classical American Western hero right. mode, and he, ha he does, these things don't just get handed to him by virtue of him seeing himself that way he has to actually yeah. like it's you know quite clumsy. exactly yeah. and and, he, and he's and by the yeah. end of it he's still not even fully aware of exactly what the fuck just happened you know right right Which, yeah. well let's yeah. look at the pl uh, uh, plot yeah. uh, um yeah. at the very beginning before we go uh, go anywhere more forward so um, uh, we we obviously have Kurt Russell here as a as H H H Fucker who uh, who tends to make a a a a run to a specific Japanese uh, or Chinese restaurant, and uh, his uh, best friend uh, uh, just so happens to be Wang, and uh, um, he. Ends up having to go meet his fiance at, at an airport. She gets kidnapped by a local gang of thugs who ended up going and leading them to Chinatown, uh, which is where we begin again the madhouse little a little bit of craziness. Because <laughs> what do we think about these very beginning scenes here? Yeah, introduction. Oh, I don't know, man. Like uh, uh, his whole truck stop or tr uh, like uh, truck cab monologue thing at the beginning is pretty <laughs> amazing in introducing you to the character. You know, there, there's something about that that I just love. Like we used to quote a lot of that Pork Chop Express bullshit back in the day because we just thought it was the height of comedy. Yeah, uh, you know, he's awesome. You get introduced to his like love of Chinatown. It's, I don't even think it said he's going there. He's like gambling with the dudes. He's <laughs> repping the Chinese artwork on his tank top. You know, he's he's about that life. Uh, so get the idea that in the fact that his best friend is like obviously some type of tycoon down there. Uh, you get the idea that he, he hangs out there quite a bit. You know. Uh, I think obviously not enough to know about that Chinese black magic, though, but I love that whole opening of the movie with the bottle and everything. Like, it's classic. I think uh, Kurt Russell is supposed to represent the everyman. He's supposed to be our, our like, uh, the, the way of them putting our eyes into this kind of secret society, the, these black magic, all this stuff. He's technically our in, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, right, and, and his clumsiness kind of speaks to every dude that's like, oh, if I was in this movie, I'd do this. And it's like, well, that's probably actually what he's you'd supposed do. to be the, 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 the average Joe that knows nothing and, and, about anything. Except for and that does work with the video game connection, the idea <laughs> of it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, the average, it's the average Joe who doesn't think he's the average Joe. He thinks that he's several steps above the average Joe because he has this very specific, vaunted sense of himself, and then you realize very quickly that all of that hubris and all of that uh, uh, you know, uh, bravado and everything, that that falls apart pretty quickly when you're confronted with something that quite frankly, you have no business being in because it's so far out of your realm of experience. 
Yeah, Kung Fu Wizard will set you right real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. And w- uh, w- uh, once they get to the airport uh, port and... Uh, well, they, hold they hold on, I think Brandon was trying to say something. Oh, Come on, brother. Uh, who, uh, who actually didn't watch this movie the first time and say, oh, he's going to split that bottle right in half just to show his like prowess in martial arts? Is that what he does it all? It's just hilarious. Like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that would happen. <laughs> well, he switches the bottle. He had the gimmicked bottle. See, yeah, it's exactly. subtle, but Burton knows what he's doing. He's been down there in those Asian gambling dens a few times, you know. Oh, yeah, so he's, he's like, gambling. yeah, okay, we'll do it, but we'll do it with this bottle, not your bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately... If he knew some good sleight of hand, like magic trickery, saw in a bottle somehow, well, no one's looking while you're playing whatever the hell they were playing, Mahjong. Uh... I guess. I mean, it seems unrealistic, though, that they'd be able to gimmick a bottle while they were just sitting there. So, hmm. just my two cents. And Still also, a cool scene. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to admit his um, excuse. Well, it may be an excuse. It's believable. He, he, he claims that he... Uh, I can't remember what he said. Like, he was uh, his, his mind and body were going in different directions or something. But it was like, but he was thinking about his fiance, and that was his excuse. But yeah, I'll admit, if I if I had a, a fiance like that waiting in the wings, I'd be distracted. Yeah, <laughs> Tracy Law was like ten times hotter than the fucking. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, both of them were pretty cute, you know. There are, and it is kind of funny. There's this whole big thing about. Green eyes. Wow, there's two green-eyed beauties, and neither one of them actually had green eyes. They both yep. had these contacts. <laughs> well, that, somebody made the comparison to the dude the, uh, a few minutes ago. I was just thinking, you know, in another reality, it might have been like, it's a very complicated case, Maude. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of views, <laughs> yeah. you know. And that is the case here. Well, I, I, I just love the way his continuation of that. Uh, fortunately, I'm adhering to a very strict drug regimen to uh, keep my mind limber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we got to talk about the Big Lebowski sometime. Yes, one day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got it, I got it. Double feature, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and The Big Lebowski. Oh, dear. <laughs> Check it out. Like, the reason, like, there's little little cues in the way he, he reacts to things right. that remind me of it a little bit, too. Like, right. uh, when that dude first pulls the switchblade on him at the airport, and then that other dude has the baton, and he's like, what? And when that guy pulls the switchblade, and then the dude flips out the baton, and he's like, where'd you get that? <laughs> like, that's his reaction to it. Right. It's hilarious. You know? It's like he's too laid back in his heroism at that point to notice that, yeah, these guys are probably bringing some records. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, he uh, ends up going with his friend Wang to the airport to meet up with, the, uh, with his fiance. And lo and behold, uh, they they kind of get waylaid by uh, by the uh, this gang of th- uh, thugs that ends up kidnapping Wang's uh, fiance and takes them into China uh, Chinatown. Now once they the get to China, death 
That's a Once sweet they name get to Chinatown, <laughs> they end up going down this thin ass alley mm-hmm. and end up realizing that they're in between. It, it basically got them in between a street war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what do we think about the, uh, this whole trip down? To this alley, and uh, what do we think about this little war faction thing going on? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> the gang, the gang of the funeral? Yeah, yeah. It's maybe the most normal thing in this movie. <laughs> like, well, you know, what, you know what I mean, right? Like, it's the most, it's like, yeah, no, fully. Real, it's kind of grounded in reality before things it's get too still crazy. Kicks. Mm-hmm. Literal leagues of well, fucking ass. Until the uh, until the storms arrive, and then you're like, "What? What is this?" I'll be right back. And honestly, it's unfortunate that most people weren't familiar with Shogun Assassin or uh, you know Lone Wolf and Cub at this point because it would have made the the debut of those guys so much funnier. <laughs> like I I think for people that that aren't familiar with that, they're like, what the hell's with these dudes? That guy's like, Wah! and he holds up the things, and they start spinning and shit. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's supposed to be parodying that. Oh, know? yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, so, but it's insane, dude. It's like, you know, like, this scene alone warrants inclusion in this month based on the theme, because there's probably more brutal martial arts practiced yeah. In this one yeah. sequence, and then in every other fucking movie we're gonna watch this month, almost. Well, on you know, your note, getting broken every other clip, you know. Well, on your note as well about things that where the film seems to be kind of also a little tongue in cheek and poking fun at conventions. You got the entrance of the alley in the first place, where you know they're they're just chugging along in the truck, like just zoom zoom. Oh, and like, oh we need to turn now. And it's like when? Now and they literally just on a dime. It's like this big ass yeah. rig just is like oh, and it's perfectly then. positioned. And I, I mean that was a video game move there, you know that was like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, the awesome part about this being as mm-hmm. old as the movie is, is that some dude fucking did that, you know, yeah. to a point. Yeah, like he he whipped that rig right in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on the first try, <laughs> but you know, it takes right. a couple tries sometimes when you doing that sort of thing, you know. Right. <laughs> Uh, but who Still. who actually would have thought about the uh, about getting the rig right in there? I almost uh, didn't think it would have been get in there. You know, it, it was a tight spot. Yeah. <laughs> and then once uh, yeah. they came out the other end, it, it, they realized that there's this funeral procession coming towards them, and they're like, and "Well, and uh, and Kurt Russell's character is like." Fuck, what is this shit? You know, yeah. what, what am I getting? Uh, what am I getting myself into? You know, <laughs> and, and that's one of the yeah. I was just gonna say that's one of the things that uh, watching it early does for you that it's not that, that doesn't hey, um, do as guys, much for you. Guys, um, 
Hang on, guys. Sorry. Um, I need to go. I had um, a neighbor kind of is having an emergency situation. So um, I'll see you guys later. Sorry. Bye. Okay. okay. Great. Um, well, uh, well, in any case, I was just uh, saying that uh, one of the advantages of uh, seeing this early on in life is that at first, I didn't understand, and I knew exactly where they were talking about, you know, uh, with mm -hmm. this whole thing. Whereas before, uh, you know, as of now, I see that thing, and I know automatically it's a funeral procession. So it kind of works out to the advantage in this case. Oh, shit. I think I was, like I said, like 12, <laughs> 13. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, whoa. Well, There's Chinese dudes about to fight. Yeah. Well, and these uh, uh, guys aren't even ready for the uh, fight. The, uh, the, uh, the other guys who co uh, come in uh, behind the other way, uh, way they've got, uh, what is it? They've got machine guns looking like Rambo. and, and uh, Oh, it's uh, crazy, dude. Nine. There's a guy with six shooters and like a bandolier around yeah. some shit. they got it's meat nuts. cleavers. <laughs> My favorite part is the extendable, like, things that, I don't know what they call those, those, like, pallbearer rods that they were using to hold up the casket, like, oh, after yeah. they, they were done with, like, all extending them, like, batons and shit. I thought, for some reason this time, that made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Well, and, th and then it gets all crazy, uh, where the th uh, three uh, rice, uh, rice hat raidens uh, uh, come... They come into play, play and uh, I think uh, one of them even had like some twirling like uh, knives in their hands or something. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, they had something to do. Well, the dude has the extendable claws, and that's like the one dude's weapon in the fucking lone wolf and cub. Sorry, Brandon. No, I just that's all I would say is that each one had something to differentiate them. Oh yeah. Uh, 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 uh. For sure, and then um, ultimately uh, they uh, they end up uh, going into another part of the alley, and that's when they uh, recognize the, the red car that had almost run them down in the in the fuck, uh, fucking uh, 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 under garage of the the airport, uh, airport area, uh, which I don't think I think we kind of glanced over that part too. I mean, they were sta stand standing just watching the red car like speed. Them. <laughs> you know. The movie really does go from like zero to sixty, though, in, in, in a minute there at the airport, and then it just it keeps up from there. You know, like the whole carport thing is amazing. I, I love when he like just Kurt Russell's performance in this is kind of one of those things. I think the more you watch the movie, the more you notice like how awesome it is. You know, yeah. like when he. S Stops for a second. He doesn't. He looks like he genuinely doesn't know what to say. And he's just like, "Call the cops!" Uh, I don't know why I laughed so fucking hard at that part. Uh, and, just and, almost every one of his lines becomes fucking laugh worthy when you watch the movie more and more. You know? <laughs> well, and that's about where we we can pick up and talk about the female characters in, in the in this film a little bit more. And more. Oh, Gracie Law, love of my yeah. life. That's, <laughs> I ain't gonna make any bones about it. Up she's, she's still alive. Oh. She's a Canadian treasure. There you go. 
You already have something in common. <laughs> yeah, Gracie Law isn't she? Uh, is she like a reporter of some sort? Uh, sort uh, uh, oh, wait, uh, she's a lawyer. lawyer. Her friend is a reporter, though. Yeah, she's a okay. civil rights lawyer that tries to help like Asian immigrants basically get into the country without being discriminated against. Yeah, that's the cause. Well, yeah, and, and uh, they they sort of gloss over that part because there, uh, there there's this uh, uh, the, uh, this Asian female that was uh, at her at her place, and uh, um, Kurt Russell's character was like, "Well, what the fuck is that?" Uh, she's like, "Oh, that's just me trying to help humanity out, or something like that." You no, know? that was that was real. I don't think that girl was like a friend she uses for these schemes or anything. I'm pretty sure it was just an Asian girl she helped get in. Wasn't that the one that, that she picked up at the airport? Like, Yeah. Yeah. That's why she was there. Yeah. Because how the hell, why would she know that Wang has, like, some green-eyed chick coming? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah. An important thing we glossed over at the initial scene is that dude's sweet white shades with, like, the slits. I want yeah. a pair of those. <laughs> Uh, and ultimately, um, they uh, they end up running uh, uh, running into uh, the uh, black ma magic ver version of Lo Pang, um, the, uh, the, uh, which uh, 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 evidently he's got these like glowing white eyes that you can't exactly stare into. Uh, into. I mean, it's not just his eyes; it's his mouth. Like you know? coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Right, Russell. Yeah. Make sure to mention later. That is weird. Yeah, most times don't have light coming out. Type, huh? Well, and he's floored that he uh, he like right through him, and then he ended up like walking right toward uh, towards him again. Again, he's like, "What the?" F I think honestly, my reaction would probably be pretty similar though. Like, I just watched a huge Braveheart battle between some weird Chinese street gangs. So Knew existed uh, behind the place where I play mahjong or some shit. Well, I was in New York there for a moment. <laughs> all of a sudden, there's like wizards because everybody seemed fairly shocked. Honestly, even the the ganks that were battling because they got a bunch of like what are those? I don't forget what those fucking curved knives are. They threw those right into those dudes' chests, and they didn't seem to see that coming. So we weren't the only people shocked by the appearance <laughs> of the. The kung fu well, wizards, yeah. and ultimately they end up back at the uh, uh, the Chinese restaurant, and that's what, uh, when you get the little moment between. That's when it looks like Wang's uh, Wang's grandfather or something like that, and, and uh, it's his uncle, I think. Uncle? And he's just sort of there to explain crap that we already are kind of getting explained to us, which <laughs> is unfortunate. Which is the whole mythos uh, of this thousand-year-old or, or whatever, uh, whatever curse where uh, supposedly um, uh, some uh, some ancient Chinese ma mag ma magician or warlock uh, had placed a curse on uh, Lo Main when he was like a, 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 a evidently <laughs> 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 oh he's a side dish <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what, what was the curse? The curse was, uh, was uh, uh, the fact that he had to find a green-eyed bride, uh, wasn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah it's your classic idea. sacrifice a virgin yeah. curse thing where it's like you gotta find this weird girl with yeah. this very specific oh. criteria to sacrifice to this demon that you owe allegiance to. That was basically the... And he outright says... <laughs> and uh, ultimately um, uh, the, uh, they end up at this cat house uh, uh, place, which is exactly where uh, where apparently the, uh, the gang is holding... Uh, the uh, body of uh, the fiance, and uh, she um, uh, she is. You make it sound like the killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is where um, the Raiden characters end up like coming down in this storm and like break through, uh, uh, basically take off the roof of the uh, of the room, you know, uh, you know, and take her up and out and. Over to uh, Lo uh, Pan, and uh, um, that's what. Uh, and fr- uh, from here, did anyone else want to take it fr- uh, from here? Uh, I know when they 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 had. There's two rescue points. I mean, the first rescue point happens, I think, right after that, where they're introduced to the old body of. And I was I was, I was going to say a little bit earlier to uh, kind of uh, to add to what Mo was saying about the curse you kind of learn that there's a, a couple basic things about it. One is that because of the deals he's made, because of the infronts he's made, he's kind of had to live this half-life as a half, not even a true living being, it's just like a dream. So he's kind of having to live out his life in kind of this very weak shell for the most part. And the only way to do it is to appease the gods. And the halfway appease it, he's got to find the bride with green eyes, but the to appease the other one, he has to kill them so that he can become mortal, but also then become all powerful at the end. Of it. So uh, it was just that uh, I thought it was great that you actually got to drive that. You got to drive the initial plot with the old man, and he and he's a nice old man in some ways. I mean, he seems like somebody you could get along with if you if you uh, didn't want to, yeah. you know, you kind of feel he wasn't going to kill like the girl you're at, you know, but. Uh, I think it's just Indeed. like having a conversation. I love that part. I don't know why. <laughs> well, yeah, and I love the fact that uh, a lot of the places that they end up finding themselves in is it's kind of a, like a maze of labyrinths and underground rooms and caves and shit like that. And you got elevators that go up and down, and you know, statues and Buddha statue hallways and. Yeah, yeah, especially random creatures like you just have a random fucking like sewer werewolf mm-hmm. thing, the jig that takes a girl. I runs down a fucking hallway full of Buddha statues. It's really cool. I almost consider this kind of part Keiju in a way because of the people in the monster suits, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, not big enough. Uh, <laughs> Because Kaiju means, or Kaiju means giant monster. Yeah. Well, there was a giant monster in the sewer that, uh, that kind of just went and, like... Well, he was man-sized. He was just really, really grody-looking. Right. <laughs> like your uncle's ball bag peeking out the bottom of a really well-cut pair of denim shorts. You know, it's just not something well, you want to see. Well, we saw it. And then, uh... Yeah, well, which, 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 which
Which was hurting me. Ultimately, they end up uh, um, hooking up with uh, the tour guide, a bus guy, which uh, um, apparently he's like some kind of like warlock. Badass Chinese wizard. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'll uh, do an addendum to what I said earlier. I said it not necessarily would Victor Wong have been from my childhood, but he did star as the grandfather in the Three Ninjas series, so I guess yeah, Three Ninjas is one that I had uh, fond memories of. But I love it. I've got <laughs> all the video games. Uh, uh, I also have them on the shelf right here next yeah. to us. <laughs> I, also have to mention I, I also have to mention the David Lopin. Is played by James Hong, a veteran character actor who's done tons of stuff over the years. Oh yeah, and he had he, he had a recurring role that I was watching where it was like, oh shit, that's yeah. fucking Lil Pan. Well, he uh, he of course the school or something. Well, he of course is a recurring, is a recurring uh, a vocal role in um, the Kung Fu Panda movies. He's in The Last Sharknado, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that I'll remember him from that probably would be the childhood connection, not childhood so much as young adulthood, but uh, he did have a recurring role in uh, Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. So that's uh, one that I'll always associate him with. That's a classic series there. He did have a vocal role in Milan. He did have... Uh, Random TV appearances, Home Improvement, The X-Files, Lois and Clark, uh, Doogie Howser, Geyer, Judas and Everything, Seinfeld, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. But anyway, oh, I know Seinfeld got Brandon excited, I know that. <laughs> well, and ultimately, once he, uh, once he hooked up with, um, uh, 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 hooked up with our, uh, Warlock character. Yeah. That's when things started to uh, pick pick up a little more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, we've got um, uh, the Kurt Russell character uh, 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 and his friend Wang um, uh, getting. Um, apparently, they, they were taken and uh, put up in uh, like an upper room, and they they escaped and. We realize that uh, that one of the uh, the Raiden characters uh, uh, that is now in a suit, <laughs> um, he evidently can blow himself up to a certain ex- uh, extent, uh, which it evidently is like part of his powers, I guess. <laughs> And uh, part of that is how neither of those dudes try to catch Kurt Russell as he rolls backwards in that, <laughs> in that wheelchair. They both look at him, too. I'm not trying to do anything about that. And ultimately, we have them later go through... Um, uh, some of the underground uh, 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 stuff, and they, they end up uh, coming ba- back for uh, what was it, uh, Gracie's uh, Gracie's character, um, and uh, she because she's green eyed, she uh, she 
ultimately gets herself as like part of the ceremony that uh, he's got to do, do to become flesh. <laughs> so, uh, what, what do you guys think about the, uh, this whole? Okay, Gracie got stuck back back there. She became part of this ceremony. We got uh, we got this this demon uh, de demon grody looking like character that evidently like <laughs> uh, took her down to do something. Oh, what's going on? Who's got some outside interference going on? Now? Mute your mic. Anywho, uh, I don't know. I'll get mine out of the way real quick, man. So you guys can do your thing. Uh, it's hard for me anymore to separate this from that whole idea of it being a video game, you know? Yeah. So you have, like, your first level in the airport where you stumble and lose your grip and, like, have to learn the controls, you know? Uh, and then after that, you have, like, your cutscene, where you get the story, which is basically, like, the whole alley scene, and them at their house, or at, above the restaurant, or whatever. <clears throat> and well, then you have, like, your first real mission of the game, which is infiltrating the place to try to get the lady, you know? Uh, in a video game, you had to fight that dude, briefly, but you would have basically got beat, and he would have taken off. Um, in the whorehouse, you know what I mean? Where he goes, like, there to... And he pretends to be, like, a nerd looking for a lady or whatever. <laughs> uh, we kind of glossed over that part, but that's a solid part of the movie, that, for sure. That's a solid part. I mean, he... He, I, he looks different to, to, to me in glasses. He did! <laughs> I wouldn't have thought yeah. it was the same dude, like, at a glance. He almost looked like he was back in his Disney days, just a little bit. I like how I like how he totally doesn't fit in those clothes either. Like he's just like muscles bulging out. Yeah, like it couldn't be a worse disguise. Almost. Oh yeah, I can definitely see that. And then ultimately, there is a magic. Ocean that our lovely bus tour a, a, a character ends up uh, having them all drink before right. they go in on the oh, uh, really, uh... festivities. I like I like I like those uh, chalices that they uh, they were drinking from. I don't, I don't know about you guys. Mm -hmm. Well, we really kind of threw our way through to the end. Uh, the uh, one thing in between when they were kind of. Because this is on the second try, because they had to do the chalice drink in order to hurt the guy, uh, or hurt them actually, because they they you know they weren't supernatural, but they had this kind of back entrance into the underworld for the second time. The yeah. first time it was really cool because they took the elevator and the elevator flooded and all that. But they who thought when they were through that water level? Yeah. When they're going through those underground, like, whatever it was, with all of the stuff, and he threw the fireworks at the tentacle monster that came out of the wall, I don't know why, but it reminds me of Crawl when they first started yes. their journey Dude. under the tower to try and rescue uh, him, and then they get whittled down. That's 
So I was just about to say, like, it goes real curl on you real quick once he get once he gets the machine gun and like the movie really starts taking off. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much exactly what it does is <laughs> it turns into curl, except with different setting, different. So I'm not the only spots. one. <laughs> no, not at all. No. Oh man. And then after they get into the ceremonial room where the two brides are definitely going through the needle of love uh, concept of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, whole ceremony bit there, um, we get some really cool like sword in the air moments with uh, uh, with uh, 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 with our wing character uh, character uh, that kind of is cool because. Uh, uh, like uh, the character said before, uh, that they would be uh, have that dreamlike quality to be on their level of uh, spirituality in the dreamwalking world, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. to have the same powers uh, exactly like the, uh, uh, them, and that's uh, that's where we get, uh, get Wang doing similar things that that uh, one sort character was doing. Uh, what do you th uh, think about about? Uh, the, uh, that whole fight scene there, uh, Forrest. Oh, that oh, that was I thought that was a, that was that was one of those things that's always stuck out that stuck out to me is, is, is ever since I first saw it, especially like when uh, Wang Chi and the and uh, and uh, Lo Pan's uh, his men his men is are like are are, are engaging in a sword fight midair. Okay. I, always, I always thought that part was was awesome. It looked awesome. Like even even in the even in this age where of like hundred million dollar, you know, destroy everything blockbusters. I th it's still it's still one of those one of those action sequences that sticks out to me. It sticks out to me. Uh, right. <laughs> just because it looks so, it looks so it, it's just something you wish you could do. Well, yeah. and I also like the black magic uh, battle moments between Action and uh, and David Lopan uh, uh, there, where uh, where they. Uh, they uh, they kind of uh, went into this magical uh, fight uh, uh, where you could see like these two samurai warriors almost like doing uh, 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 like that old game where where you could actually like punch the other wrestler out you know kind of a thing and you could actually yes. see uh, David James Hong's character playing Rock'em Sack'em robots that's a great moment <laughs> and um. You, you can actually see that, uh, that James Hong uh, uh, there is acting like he's actually got a video game controller in his hand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just those 80s kind of moments there. <laughs> I, I like how Kurt Russell starts at the big battle by shooting the ceiling and then knocking himself out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, amazing. Well, and th and then he's trying to get his knife out of his uh, fucking boot, and uh, and the knife just kind of sticks there. <coughs> that samurai dude. Well, balls. I think that's a good commentary on the fact that boot knives. Well, maybe I mean if you're gonna have like a bunch of knives on you, you might as well have one in the boot. <laughs> but I don't know if that's like should be your first resort. It became popular because of, like, movies and, I'm pretty sure, like, pulp novels and shit at the time. You know, <laughs> boot knives, it's not the most fucking 
Yeah. Why would you have one like one taped to your wrist or like velcroed to your wrist? You know, they like, don't that makes a shoot out the bottom of your boot. They, uh, they, they normally shoot out the toe or something like that. Yeah, that's know? different, you know. When I when I think of a boot <laughs> knife, I think of I think what a lot of people think of, which is like a knife that's down there in boot range, basically. Uh, <laughs> they were sold heavily for a while, I guess. Uh, well. And that's uh, that's about uh, the time when uh, when uh, 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 low pay, uh, pan's char uh, character decided, yeah, I think it's my time to leave. <laughs> um, and he ends up go uh, going evidently up an elevator of his own. Uh, we we all ultimately uh, get a small li a little uh, magical bomb uh, that uh, pretty much. Uh, Makes that one ogreish like um, monster character come out of, uh, out of the one uh, one place and oh uh, and uh, I thought it was kind of cool how um, Eggshan uh, he uh, dodged the lightning from the one ra uh, Raiden char uh, character with a fan and it basically just like electrocuted his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, but ultimately we uh, get a confrontation uh, with all uh, uh, the, the two la uh, ladies and Wang and, and uh, Kurt Russell's ca uh, ca character um, up in a, a long ha a hallway and, uh, with Lopan uh, and uh, he's got a hold of uh, the, uh, the uh, Wang's fiance and uh, he, um, he basically has a moment where he shoots his knife at him. And he shoots it right back at uh, 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 right back at him, and then he uh, basically sh uh, pings it right back at at his forehead, and he's like, "Oh shit!" He falls backwards, and then I think the the top point of the movie for me uh, me was uh, the final little fight b b uh, uh, with the, uh, b uh, the the character that uh, of uh, the, the goon. That uh, basically blew himself up, <laughs> which I have as my, which I have here as my background. Oh, yeah. <coughs> which your head in the middle yeah, has made the shot. right side of that fairly problematic most of the night, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Crops do a lot. Uh, that scared the crap out of me as a child. Well, and the oh, that's wild, man. We kind of skimmed over the other creature that, uh, that uh, I almost feel like it comes from, like Dungeons and Dragons kind of. Like thing. the yeah, I feel like I mentioned it. The like, dirty like fucking the butt pirate down there, and the, the whatever the hell you call that thing. The, I mean, like the beholder thing, the, looking thing, the one that has all the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about that crusty like werewolf thing that carried that girl around for a bit. Yeah. Well, uh, th there was the the thing with the uh, uh, the eyes, the, uh, the, uh, like right at uh, at that moment that uh, that you liked uh, when the stones f f fell on uh, on him. When uh, when he when that creature was stabbed, it had a reaction. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I like the animation uh, um, uh, and the expression on that char uh, character. I don't know why, <laughs> but. Uh, in any case, uh, ultimately, uh, Lopan uh, 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 dies. Um, uh, you know, his, uh, the the one character blows up, and the other uh, the other one he he gets uh, 
uh, he gets a statue fa uh, fallen on his on his uh, on his uh, person, and then they ultimately escape the underground. Uh, and uh, um, I guess they kind of have a moment where uh, um, back at the um, Chinese uh, restaurant. Uh, after all that, uh, that is uh, uh, done. Did, did anyone want to touch on the last final scenes here? It's a little anticlimactic because you expect him to end up with the girl, and it's just like, "All right, bye." Friends of the road, boats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if if the movie had a you know was going harder, uh, he. he Probably would have banged her, you know. What I mean? yeah. well, on the road, those guys are they. Those truck drivers, they, yeah. they live a transient oh, life. I think, I, think, I think he was channeling John Wayne, uh, riding off into the riding off into the sunset. Exactly. Right. Yeah, they're gonna oh, move yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs> probably have a bunch of bastard kids in the future. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, uh, for sure. I mean. Um, I, I don't know. I I, I kind of like that ending, uh, 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 and maybe for the simple uh, fact that I do like John Wayne as character. So, uh, so uh, uh, to uh, to me, well, keeping in the tradition of it, like be basically being a Nintendo game, it is you know fairly anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah, right, usually the case. It's like. You defeated the shit. Get the fuck out of here, you loser. You know, <laughs> like, that's pretty much what they say to you. <laughs> um, Evidently, the main character was a bit of a, I mean, the main villain was a bit of a load-bearing boss. Uh, so <laughs> there is one moment while I was wa uh, watching it with my fiance, uh, uh, on stage uh, just a little bit ago, uh, where when the, Ra when the Raidens came down on that cat house, uh, and you saw Andy the top David. of that apartment building uh, with the green uh, smoke or whatever. I, I was thinking, oh, w wait a minute. There's the Ghostbusters apartment. <laughs> well, actually, Egg Shen's office is was is actually the the interior of the Ghostbusters headquarters. Same, yeah. same. It's the same firehouse. Yeah. <laughs> also, okay. the, as the as the auto and the mask. That's why I was uh, getting kind of a Ghostbusters kind of a vibe. <laughs> yep, same, yep, same, same filming location. It was also used in the mask as the as the auto shop that uh, that uh, Stanley Ipkiss uh, messes up. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. I mean, you've seen it recently. So um, uh, let's get into special effects um, here. What do we think about the special effects of this film, Dustin? Pretty good. Pretty great. Um, yeah. Everything here looks really well. Uh, the monsters are... So, I know the effects people were kind of unsatisfied with their, like, ape-man creature that Moe was referring to, but I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. And it's maybe the weakest yeah. effect, which is really saying something about the quality yeah. of the yeah. I think maybe the only I thing... That, that yeah. I think maybe... The only thing that I guess doesn't look all that great to me is when the one guy explodes. Actually, because like, when he when he inflates, he looks a little uh, he looks a little phony to me. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, 
everything works pretty well. Well, that's kind of a unique complaint to me. I don't know. I like the. I love the exploding guy. I mean, it's that's very just like, that always because that one's in my too. mind more than anything else. Uh, the the other thing I thought was interesting was the battle with the two old wizards. I swear there was another movie that they had to where it was two like wizard type guys battling, and then they had like two figures of, uh, like, two computer-generated figures fighting in their stead. I just can't think of what the uh, name of it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing, the thing that I thought I was kind, uh, kind of interesting in this uh, film was um, during the ceremony um, when uh, two of the uh, goons were, uh, were uh, kind of showing off their skills. And uh, they ended up giving their we uh, uh, the weapons to the females, and then um, they put uh, they put their both of their hands on both so uh, swords, and evidently they were magically lifted to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And then they both supposedly, uh, mind you, both took one hand off each sword and touched this like so uh, like globe up at the top of the ceil uh, ceiling which mm -hmm. turned green or whatnot which was supposedly to you know give him the uh, the power of having his uh, his flesh back you know so mm -hmm. uh, so that was an interesting moment i think i i would have thought that if those girls actually did that in real life uh, you know uh how would they not have cuts on their hands <laughs> oh they would have yes <laughs> I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be able to touch that globe one-handed, being that highly suspended in the air. <coughs> but uh, anyways, I think the uh, I think the the effects work really good. The lightning that comes for, uh, from these Raiden characters is fucking spectacular, um, and uh, I, I think it works for uh, for these characters in this film. So. Um, Let's talk about the music uh, in, in the f uh, film. Did anyone? That's fucking awesome, dude. I mean, it's, if you just listen to it casually, it's kind of like a again video game soundtrack. But the more you listen to it, the more it slaps. You know, it's mm -hmm. pretty solid. Oh yeah. I don't know what it is about it. it kind of reminds me a bit of Labyrinth, almost without the without the David Bowie track. <laughs> It comes in. If I'm remembering correctly, John Carpenter did the music himself, and there's yeah, yeah. With a group called the Cootabills. Yep, with uh, Tommy Lee Wallace and Nick Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Michael the Myers. Nick Castle, like the dude that played fucking Michael Myers. Yes, that Nick Ca that, that Nick Castle. That's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael Myers basically did the music for this as well. well Michael oh, Myers, and he, and he, well, he he helped on the music and sang. <laughs> oh, it's just fucking spectacular. Uh, in any case. Uh, Let's uh, go to favorite scenes for, uh, for everyone. What about your favorite scenes, Forrest? Oh boy! What, what, oh god, there's so many good scenes. Uh, for me, definitely, the, definitely the final bat, the final battle in Lopan's lair. 
Uh, that was uh, that was a re- really well shot, really well shot scene. Uh, and uh, hmm, pro- oh god, um, oh definitely, and also um, the uh, Lopan, the Lopan's goon blowing up, blowing up. Uh, great special, great special. I, I love the very cartoonish, the very cartoonish effect uh, of, of it. Uh, it's uh. Oh god! And um, I, I, there was at least at least one. I can at least fit. I can think of at least one more. Uh, pro- oh god! Probably. Uh, oh, probably the first. Probably the first. Uh, first alley. Probably the fir- the first fight. The first battle in the alley. When we first see when we first meet Lopan. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, heading over to uh, you, Brandon. What was your favorite uh, scene from this movie? Uh, I kind of liked, uh, and I put it in there, the, uh, the very first, uh, trek, uh, down to the, uh, dungeons. Um, I don't know, I just, I kind of look at them as in stages, much like a video game, uh, as, uh, as Mo was talking about. Uh, and I just, I like that whole thing with the water filling the elevator, the whole, uh, confrontation with, uh, Lopin the first time where he's, uh, Sitting there in the wheelchair, so I look at that entire grouping as one of my favorite uh, starting up points. Okay. Um, uh, going over to you, Mo. Uh, what about your uh, um, favorite scenes? Dude, I think if I had to pick a favorite scene from this movie, uh, it's probably not like a scene that most people would pick, in that it's not one of the more fantastical ones. But it perfectly sets up the mo- like you know exactly i think the in retrospect the movie you're getting into the moment that you hear those lines you know um, <laughs> but that whole first scene with what's his name Igshen talking to the lawyer the lawyer dude or the prosecutor guy or whatever and he's like you leave jack barton alone you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's telling that guy, like, he, you expect me to believe all this shit, like, you know, he's like, magic and all this shit, and he's like, you mean Chinese black magic? And, uh, you know, he shows him the fucking lightning bolt, like, right there, oh, that is, like, honestly, like, some Marvel-level foreshadowing, when yeah. you think about it. Like, that's, like, the scene that would be at the end of a Marvel movie, almost. <laughs> it's at the beginning of this motherfucker, you know. Right. Uh, so that whole scene right there is like the scene in Big Trouble for me anymore. Is Eggshen like, you know, he's like, that's nothing. And then it bleeds into the actual story. Okay. Uh, what about you, Dustin? Now, uh, what is uh, what are your favorite? Uh, well. It's kind of already been called, uh, like, the final battle, and how the movie, like, finally fully leans into its craziness. Uh, I think to try and distinguish uh, myself here, I'm going to just point to my two favorite parts of that scene. Uh, Like, when Jack Burton's like, yeah, he shoots into the air, and he knocks his ass out, and basically basically misses the battle. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And then, and then that moment we already touched on, where they're kind of controlling like astral fighters 
for the, the sorcerer battle. Like, that was pretty great. And then, of course, like, the whole protracted, like, sword battling sequence against, uh, I can never keep their names straight. Uh, was that, was that Thunder that he was up against? I think it was Thunder that he was up against. Pretty sure. So that, was a great, that was a great sword battle. Okay. So there's, oh. there's a lot going on in that last scene that I enjoy. Okay. What about you, Jake? Uh, what were some of your favorite scenes, if there were one? Um, well, definitely, I did like when he fired the gun in the air and knocked himself out. That was just hilarious. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, I just, in general, Eggshin as a character just amused me. So a lot of his scenes just I enjoyed just because he amused me a lot. <laughs> Okay, um, I'm gonna touch on a moment like uh, after they were uh, uh, while they were uh, uh, escaping. Uh, 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 there was a moment where they they all had to uh, go underwater, and uh, and uh, uh, Gracie was uh, was kind of like uh, like where's this person? Where's that person? Where's yeah. Jack? And then when uh, when Jack finally comes up for air, he he basically kisses her, uh, and then while they're crawling al along in the sewer, he's like, "Oh, that's a good one." <laughs> well, uh, stop moving your body up and down al along my body. It's distracting me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so uh, I, I guess uh, that little mo uh, moment where you know they, uh, they kind of distinguish that uh, she is the the, uh, the loving. I, mean, I wouldn't recommend pulling that move in real life because it's pretty <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, as like a video game movie character, Jack Burton is free to do as he wishes. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just any action uh, hero, really, if you think about it. Uh, yeah. In general, it's that, that way they can just grab the girl, kiss them, and that's the well, awesome thing. Exactly. And then, of course, he sa says, oh, I'm They make it pretty funny, though, because she's not <laughs> about sorry. it. At I was first, excited you know? about uh, having, like, my life back or something. Like yeah, he's like, I'm just happy to be alive for whatever. <laughs> like, it, it was a good, it was a funny moment. You know. Don't worry, girl. I was just thinking about my truck, <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what he he, he said. He said oh, no, the same when I kiss you, Brandon. <laughs> well, so you got to think about it that the uh, this guy is supposed to be the John Wayne type. Uh, like you know, you cowboys they gotta they love their horses, and that, that's all they care about. They're the horses. So, uh, and this is his horse, his truck. So you know, he only has room in his heart for his horse, his truck. More well, my other, <laughs> my other scene, scene is the wizard battle. So, uh, so, so I and I guess I also get a kick out of the fact that he knocks itself out. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's classic. Well, it's not just that. Uh, th there was a moment where uh, where um, uh, there there was this big old battle uh, battle scene where Wang kicks some ass uh, uh, during the door scene, and he had to go like behind and like grab his gun and his knife or, out of his boot or whatnot. And by the time he came around the cor corner, uh, uh, Wang had already like. Uh, 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 filleted all the guys, so. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and he was uh, like, what? Uh, I had to get my shit, you know? <laughs> but, uh, in any ca uh, case, I think 
uh, I think that covers everything, unless uh, anyone else has anything else to add. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to add that I that you should really pick up, if you can find it, the Shout Factory Blu-ray, which is stuffed to the gills oh. with, stuff, with uh, information about Dude, the Dude, that's five bucks. Also, <laughs> also I'm gonna, I would say recommend, I recommend, because uh, several years ago, John Carpenter wrote a sequel comic book series. Uh, which I strongly oh, yeah. it, it picks up exactly where the movie left off, and where, the, where exactly where the movie left off. That was by uh, Boom Comics, right? Yes, I strongly recommend Solid reading. Brand. Oh yeah, uh, I, I would just say definitely just watch it several, several, several times. Don't don't write this off on the first watch if you if it doesn't quite click. With mm -hmm. you. It's one of those movies too you can show anybody because it's not really like genre specific. It's not a horror <laughs> film. It's not a fantasy movie. It's just sort of it, it, the movie that it is. I think you said it, uh, Forrest. It kind of has its own genre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just show fucking Big Trouble in Little China to someone that hasn't seen it immediately. <laughs> I think that should be a challenge that everybody who watches this movie for the first time should partake in. So get out there and do it. Alrighty. Well, you wanted to start us out with the, the your outro. Oh shit! Drunken Master Studios. I ain't doing shit. Uh, I did a review for like a couple of really horrible Asian movies. One of them really good. One of them bad in the bad kind of way. <laughs> uh, check check those out. Uh, also, I'm going to be just doing other fucking reviews eventually. So, thanks for having me, man. Definitely, man. Uh, what about you, Dustin? Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What you do. I'm a horror collector and student living here in Milwaukee. Uh, I show off uh, the stuff that I find on my YouTube channel, uh, The Crypt of Horrors, as well as my Instagram, The Crypt of Horrors. Uh, I haven't had a video upload for a little while, but uh, go go uh, subscribe and you'll get stuff eventually. I still need to do an unboxing for the Friday the 13th set. Uh, and I'm kind of posting more on Instagram lately, too. So, yeah, give me a follow. Alrighty. Uh, what about you, uh, Brandon? Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? I'm Septimus Senna, Septimus Sen versus the world. We like our uh, movies and this, and uh, physical uh, who doesn't? And uh, we uh, do various things. Our main, uh, our main bread and butter is our uh, new releases and pickup videos, but we do other things. A couple of plays. May or may not have those this week, but I've been going through the Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures uh, Deluxe 1 and 2. Uh, finished the first uh, first game going into the second game in that one and then of course uh, I do a tour of my collection uh, which I've been doing but I rate my collection this time since I had the flood and had to restart everything um, but uh, we still keep doing and I'm, I'm working on a, a new review of the new Dakota Ray film which is uh, which will come out as soon as I can fully thoroughly watch it I've got it now and I uh, just need to do a good uh, watch and review, but that's my next review up, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, I also work for Inside Movies Galore to help set things up. For those of you who may be 
in the various groups, and I'm going to list them so that you can go to Facebook and sign up for these groups to join us in our voting and uh, helping us select our films. Those are uh, Movie Collectors, uh, Moe's Tavern, Talk Movies with Us, and Anime Collectors, Inc., which uh, we uh, featured a lot of times in our Sort of the Stranger review. So if you like anything to do with movies, you should join up with at least one, if not all these groups, and then you've got like a whole bunch of votes you can just throw out there. Speaking of which, next week is supposed to be Justin's birthday week. Uh, did you have a choice for us, Dustin, or two choices, or what? Uh, uh, do you want me to hold off a week? I think I would like to do The Color Out of Space. Alright. Yeah. Would you be okay if we paired the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with that as the uh, pre-show? Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd <laughs> be like to see Ninja Turtles again, too. Cool. cool. That way we can finally get it in there because we, we have, we're going to lose it. So that'll be good. So next week we'll have a pre-show of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Color Out of Space or Color Space, whatever it was. Color Out of Space. Thank you. And uh, as our uh, main show, and uh, we're going to be uh, all up in our celebration then and there. So uh, you all have a good one. Ready? Uh, what about you, Jake? Hi, I'm Kodabuki Jake. I'm co-star on Symptoms in vs. World. I'm a co-host, whatever you want to say. I'm so tired. I can't speak. I, uh, movie collector fan... Would be reviewer, don't usually have time, but it, it's on the agenda. Um, and of course, I always like to, to hop in on this channel and Delusions of Grandeur and you know, throw in my two cents. Uh, I ran out, I don't know if you mentioned the ongoing uh Friday 13th series, I think we're continuing. Oh, yeah, uh -huh. Yeah, I'd forgotten about yeah. that, but yeah, we're starting yeah. with going up next week. This week we just yeah. did five and six, and seven yeah. and eight. We're finishing the numbered ones next week. And I'm so yes. excited, as you can tell. And uh... oh, you love those movies. <laughs> they like your favorite films of all time. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, we had another good discussion tonight. It was Horror of the Stranger, and I'm looking forward to Ninja Turtles. I've got an excuse to watch my copy now. So... <laughs> <laughs> And um, and then of course, what is it? Uh, how many how many Mondays we got left in this month? Two. So is it two weeks? Is it two weeks? Yeah. So we have an upcoming discussion on Kino Notabi, aka Kino's Journey, one of the greatest shows ever made. And uh, these, uh, there's a pretty decent remake, so uh, we'll be talking mainly about the one and a little bit about the other. Looking forward to that. And um, I'll just go ahead and uh, mention again that uh, I recently threw some money in on two movies uh, through Kickstarter. The Curve, I think, is still available for viewing, um, at least on Vimeo, maybe YouTube. I, I haven't checked this week. But it, it should be. And then the uh, tipping the pan scale will be coming out soon. So, yeah, good times. Nice. Um, and uh, Forrest, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? All right. Um, my name is Forrest Bay. I'm, uh, I'm uh, based, in, based in Long Island, New York. Uh, big, big, big movie and comic book, fa uh, comic book, movie and comic book fan. 
uh, also executive producer on the web series Toxic America, uh, on which is on which is on video on demand. And uh, this and this Friday, Friday the thirteenth, I will be going on a road trip to 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 Hardwick, New Jersey, uh, hmm. where where Friday the thirteenth was filmed. So, which I'm looking for, which I'm looking forward to. Hoping we can't wait to tell you guys about it. And that is a historical event for yeah, you. We're looking forward to it as well. So, uh, congratulations on being able to get uh, get uh, uh, get over there to that camp. Uh, hopefully, you come back not in pieces. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, in any case, maybe you'll be the final girl in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But in any any case, uh, my name is David Streggy. I am one of the founding fathers of Inside Movies Galore. So thank you for coming along with us on this journey. Uh, I know it's been a, 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 long, a, a long haul. We've had a great uh, couple of months, uh, months here. Definitely uh, going into some deeper martial arts territory with this martial, may, uh, martial arts mayhem month. So I am definitely hyped about that. Uh, and but I also moonlight on a, a different channel called Delusions of Grandeur, where I do some video pickup uh, videos and uh, video reviews. And uh, although I haven't really put, uh, pulled out some uh, video reviews la lately, I have uh, been uh, having some discussions with my creation friend Boris, where I recently. I went on about, about seeking a friend for the end of the world, and uh, next week we are going to be uh, going on about Joe Sherlock's uh, truly dreadful tales, uh, a, a collection of short films that he was involved with and uh, whatnot. I wanted to uh, skirt that territory a little bit, since uh, that, that is kind of the... Uh, uh, kind of the, how I kind of got to know my friend Boris anyway, so... Um, but, uh, that being said, thank you for listening. Have a great day, evening, and morning, wherever you are. And, uh, hopefully, uh, there will be no more demons, uh, anytime, uh, anytime near, uh, near us. And as, uh, as Jack, uh, 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 uh said, I guess, uh, we, uh, we battled a little in hell or whatever, uh, whatever. There was a line that he said, uh, said something about. That's the end of the movie where, where I guess we battled in our own level of hell. Or, what, what was the line, guys? You know, <laughs> I don't recall. <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, everyone say good night. Good night. Who is it? It's Little Nero, sir. I have your pizza. Leave it on that doorstep and get the hell out of here. Okay. Um, well, what about the money? What money? Well, you have to pay for your pizza, sir. That effect. How much do I owe you? Uh, that'll be eleven eighty, sir. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Cheapskate. Hey, I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, ten. <laughs>